this week on Invasion of the Podcast, Bob's Burgers gets supersized. And we start Spook Sequel-tober as we talk about Return of the Living Dead Part 2. And we find out what are the hot new celebrity-endorsed candies of this October season. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. It's the invasion of the podcast. And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we're trying to take over all the brains, one brain at a time. I am Paul Brains Stebman, and to my left, as always, is Joe Brains Peters. Yeah. Brains. 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 Um, I never... I know that originated with that. I just... There's some interesting... Uh, it always threw me off with those movies, with the zombies talking. Yeah. Um, so, But I think it did open up a couple of good jokes. It did. And I feel like so. it, it, it inadvertently um, set up a lot of expectations for movies going forward with how some of that stuff would happen. So I we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, Return of the Living Dead Part Two because we we decided that this this month of October is going to be looking at uh, and I want to put in quotes um, underappreciated uh, or whatever sequels to horror movies because it's easy to go and talk about you know George Romero's Night of the Living Dead. It takes it takes a real hero to go into the Return of the Living Dead to talk about that and get into it. And but some people love these movies, and we'll we'll, we'll talk about that further. But first, I yeah. um, just want to say, uh, <laughs> you know, oh, I, so you you did a uh, Cinema Wasteland. This I did weekend. do Cinema Wasteland. Yeah. I was just going to say at the beginning, our intro of the show. You guys don't realize how hard we work to try to make that as great as possible, and how bad we trip over things. And it's the hardest part of the whole show. The beginning before we play the intro music. And I, I have an idea for a game, and I'm just like, I don't know what to call it. We so literally that's that hard it. too. Yeah, that just, yeah. that I feel like we we have a little bit more time to kind of come up with, and it's like when we sit down, we have an idea, but we always never have an idea about what to say the episode's about, and we literally sit here and could probably make a really good blooper reel. We need yeah. to just we need to we need to focus in on those and keep those recordings. Just, just a little a little behind the scenes. You don't know how many times made. I had to redo spook sequel tober yeah and that's you know that's just a phrase that you know i made guys, up on the fly you guys were just like they better call yeah. this You're spook sequel tober spook sequel tober yeah. so uh but yeah I, I wasn't uh speaking of spook sequel tober there you go and a happy spook sequel tober to you oh yeah and to you as well <laughs> and to your ken um yeah i was at cinema wasteland this past weekend that is the the um every six months it happens in strongsville it is a exploitation horror b-movie drive-in like horror convention type thing when you say it happens every six months it makes it makes it sound like it's a curse <laughs> and that like you know there's you, actually no holiday everyone, in strongsville it just shows up and everyone like, oh. boards up their windows yeah. it's like a mysterious phantom ship passes through the river well when <laughs> i was there on saturday um i was just, uh because we mary and i volunteered for like door duty to you know make sure people got in okay there was a wedding party pulling up and oh wow like and so they were all dressed up because it was like after the wedding and it was just funny because cinema wasteland basically it's people that love like these these horror movies these like you know some of the stuff that, that people really are into like we're talking about return of living dead too this is like yeah, child's play the... versus like some of the stuff people really like well i feel like that's and still the wheelhouse but it's definitely cult horror 
Yeah, and um, so everybody's wearing like all black, like like uh, jean jackets with like the sleeves cut off, with like horror movie artwork on the back, like like very you know like the nicest people in the world. Like I, everybody I always talk to there is really nice, but you wouldn't necessarily think that walking in through a lobby of everybody like, outside smoking and everybody just like wearing all this horror movie stuff and like people, some people cosplay as like scary things, and it's like hey wedding party, welcome to the Holiday Inn in Strongsville. So that's always Were that's they, always. They weren't there for the, the. They weren't there for the convention. No, they, they were, were there just big, there because that's their their hotel or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So you saw a lot of people coming in like nice like suits and ties, and then there's just like you know the rest of everybody else wearing like horror t shirts. So it was just a fun little. You, you get that sometimes. Like I know last time there was a priest that was staying there, but for whatever reason, he had a speaking engagement in Cleveland, and he was just hanging out in the lobby with everybody wearing the full like priest you know thing with the the neck thing and yeah, whatever. The neck and thing. I don't know. I, what I don't know what called. they call that. Uh, the the ha- habit. No, that's what nuns wear. Anyway, uh, but he was like the nicest guy in the world, just like hanging out, talking to people, like not not having like a priestly like big conversation, just like just hanging out. It was, yeah. and so people thought he was dressed up as a priest, and not that he actually was a priest. Was a priest. Yeah, he, they, they thought he was cosplay. And it's like, like yeah, someone doing somebody from the, like yeah. like Max Van Sido from The Exorcist. Yeah, so that was uh, it was it was a good time. I uh, just I mean, where else can you go and see like uh, Mary went to go see the film The Stepfather, which is from the eighties that has Terry O'Quinn, uh, John Locke from Lost. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Where he uh, is just trying to find the perfect family, and when they don't meet his standards, he just murders them and moves on to the next family. That makes sense. Which I always joke that if you watch Lost, they better have a flashback to when he had the perfect family and it wasn't perfect. I kind of wish that was like the, the whole island. plot of Lost. Was <laughs> just, he just was so close, and then he's like, uh, "What was oh, it? Season no, nine? Yeah. Y'all yeah. gotta go." Yeah, he's just like, "Oh, you guys, you're the perfect family." By the end of this flashback, I killed my family. I was always waiting for that flashback. But then, Sawyer says one thing, and it just like <laughs> snaps. You're not my son, no, you know? my son. But then, if you think about Locke and, and Lost, how his his father threw him out of a building. Yeah, it's like you know what the cycle of violence continues. That's what happened. That's why. So stepfather and John Locke. That's that's all the same canon for me. And then I ended up watching a uh, black exploitation film with uh, with Kevin uh, Hornsby of uh, my co Street Highways at like 10, 10 30, 11 o'clock on Saturday night called Cotton Comes to Harlem, which was actually really really good. It was a bizarre mm. early early black exploitation film directed by Ossie Davis. Was it more like action? 70s or was it more horror no black exploitation is more like uh um not it, there's a little bit of action but more it is how do you describe it it's more geared towards at the time like you know african-american audiences so there's a lot of there's a lot of really like weird stereotype things in there that i may not be familiar with there was definitely a point where there was a big showdown at the apollo at the end mm-hmm. where one of the white actors came out in blackface it was just really uh uncomfortable but it was directed by ossie davis who, if you remember, you seen Bubba Hotep. Yeah. He was John F. Kennedy and Bubba Hotep. Yeah, so yeah, Ossie yeah. Davis. And the movie's kind of a comedy, and it's supposed to be a comedy. Right. And it was just, I don't know, it was one of those films that like you just appreciate seeing because it's just different. I'd never heard of it before, but Kevin really wanted to show people. So I'm like, yeah, we'll go watch it. So it was a, it was a good weekend. Anyway, so yeah. Um, monster movies, black exploitation, all in a day's work. So anyway, that's it. Cool. Yep. Did you do any did you have any uh, black exploitation films that you watched over the weekend? Nothing. No, <laughs> usually I do. Like uh, you usually just watch that's Jeff. my Saturday around two o'clock. <laughs> no, I didn't do anything this weekend exciting. I I actually had a pretty lame weekend. I I think what did I watch? I I feel like I watched a little bit of TV. Um Oh I, I uh well kind of, I guess. <laughs> I, I actually I, I I'm almost done watching Atlanta. 
Oh, okay. Which Atlanta's amazing. I mean, yeah. that's not black exploitation, but it is <laughs> Donald Glover and it is focusing on like the black community in Atlanta and all that stuff. But I heard that's really good. I mean, it, it is really he good. He just won all his Emmys. You know, yeah. So. Well, it was amazing because like every episode that I watched, like I think he either wrote or directed or he did both. And like it's funny and also kind of like one of those shows where you're just kind of like, oh, yeah. Like yeah, I can, it has like a point to it. It does have a lot of okay. points. Well, that's I, I do want to watch that. But so. no, it's pretty good. Yeah. So, no. Uh, oh, okay. Well, that was our weekends. Um, and let's just get on to, you know, we're there's news. We're going to talk about we're going to talk about good news. You know, we're going to talk. Well, it may be better news because there's a lot of bad news right now. Yeah, and, we were talking about like how much bad news is going on, and we're we're not going to give you bad news. No. So let's just yeah. So people that pay attention to the drinking game last week, you're not going to get that. Oh. Good news, everyone. Is this is this gonna stop if I kink this? My no, it's, it's, not, it's not. You're not supposed to stop like a garden hose. It isn't like you're gonna be like. It did it before. Off. No, no. <laughs> I've seen no, you I step can, on the wire. I can I can just hear like you know. It's, what are you doing? It's, it's just rattling a little bit. Is that's it all. bugging you? It's a little bit. I can know. hear the crickets. Well, but okay. I don't hear this rattling. See, look, not, not, look yeah, how tiny no, that they, is. Oh! Don't do that, please. Anyway, right. that's some ba- that's not good news. Uh, good news is Bob's Burgers is getting its own movie in 2020. Yeah, uh, for all the animated franchises out there, that was not the one I was expecting to get a like a, a, a feature movie. You know? Really? I don't know. It's just like I love I love Bob's Burgers. I feel like Bob's Burgers has hit that that echelon of like animated TV series. Like, I'm surprised that we have not gotten a King of the Hill movie. Um, you know, yeah. In the in the meantime, because like pretty much anything animated on Fox, Family Guy doesn't have a movie, but I really don't think there's a need for a Family Guy movie. No, that would be. I don't know how how you do that and make it watchable for an hour and a half. Yeah, but I just. I mean, I love I love Bob's Burgers. It's 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 funny. It's well written. The characters are great. I just would almost expect like an Archer film before I'd expect like yeah. a Bob's Burgers. Oh movie, my you know? god, an Archer film would be so good. Yeah, I mean, but I'm I'm happy because then it makes you wonder because obviously with the film the expectations for it to go bigger, uh, and I and I think that's going to be the challenge for them is to keep it like there there is a genuine love for the family amongst each other and the characters in that town even like. Uh, even when you get people that are kind of antagonistic, they're still you still like them, you know. And yeah, uh, I'm just trying to think like Mr. Fish Odor, like he's still kind of he's he's kind of with them sometimes, but he also just wants his rent, you know. Like I appreciate yeah. that. They even have his brother almost kill him and Bob, but he's still a character that Felix shows up all the time, and that's um uh, Zach Alphanakis, and he's still part of the show. It's like it's very, I I'm just excited. I think it'll be funny. Um, I just don't know what they're going to do with it, you know. And yeah. I just whatever it is, it better have great musical numbers. I gotta say, like I've, I don't, I, there's not a lot of Bob's Burgers I've watched. I think I watched the first two or three seasons, and oh, then it's, it's and then it just trickled, shows. it just kind of trickled in and out. Like whenever it was on, I would watch it. Like I know I've seen like a couple of the Halloween episodes, and you know, just random. And that's what I kind of liked about it was it was like not, it it wasn't a story that you had to stick with to kind of know what's going on. Like it was kind of like okay, these characters I know who they are. That's why you talk about a lot of characters. You know, and I'm like, I don't know who that guy is. I don't know who that guy is, but like, well, okay, Mr. Fishoder was the guy who was the landlord with the eye patch, played by Kevin Klein. Okay, never mind. But he's great, you know. And, sorry, and sorry. It's just, uh, and, and just, and I just, I love it. And then uh, just the way the kids all act in high school or middle school or whatever it is, just like it's, it's wonderful. The one thing I do like about it is the kids. The kids, the kid adventures are part, or I think part of uh the fun of it but then like some of the stories with like bob and um uh linda are are great too 
but like I like the side adventures because like I can I can relate growing up as a kid like some of that stuff they did it's like yeah it's totally what you do when you're kids. There's an episode later on where kids they, don't do they, that anymore. They go to trivia night and they're not they're not winning. So Linda goes and steals the cheat sheet. And so they start drinking wine and getting all the answers right just to rub it in everybody's face. Oh, and eventually geez. people figure out that they're cheating. And it's just funny. It's like, it's such a dumb idea, but it's like, you could see a couple being like, wait, I got the answer key. Let's just screw with everybody. And it's, and, and that's, and they have no problem with the, the, the adults getting drunk all like ever so often. And it's fun hearing them interact with their kids when they're blasted. Yeah. It's like, it's the context is always funny. Um, but if you've not seen the episode called the Equestronauts, you should check that one out. It's the one where Bob tries to infiltrate a a Brody convention to help Tina get a, get a, one of her figures back, and they're called the Equestronauts. Oh, it's really really funny. So okay, it's it's enjoyable. Um, but anyway, they're getting a movie. I'm excited. But 2020, for that. that's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, you, you remember the hype? Like everyone kept wondering when the Simpsons movie was going to come out, and it eventually did. And I will say this: when I saw it in the theater, I thought it was okay. For some reason, watching it afterwards made it better, and I think it's because the movie didn't. It wasn't so big to to make it feel like a theater experience to me. Yeah. But like watching it at home, it felt better than a TV show. Right. So I don't know why well, that translated. I saw it in the theater too, and I was when I watched the Simpsons movie, I was kind of like, this just feels like a long episode. It, like there wasn't any. It just it was okay, and not that I'm expect. But yeah. it, like if you're gonna make a film though, you got to raise your game up a little bit, and I just felt like it didn't do that. You yeah. know. So we'll, we'll see what Bob's Burger can do. Yeah. Like I need a Rick and Morty film. That's what I need. I need. Oh a, my gosh. It's, I don't. Just, I don't even know so how. So dark and messed up. That would be. That would be really challenging. Yeah. You know, and I mean, like, I don't want to get into that, but because I know season three just wrapped up, but yeah. like, yeah, that would be so much fun. Like, I, I'm so sad that season three is over. Like, I, I feel, <laughs> I wish, I wish I could go to a dimension where there's infinite Rick and Morty's just constantly, to watch. Yeah, just to watch. Yeah. Like, I don't think I could ever get sick of that. Like, I'd fish food myself to death on it. Well, it's like even with season three, like on um on there's all these YouTube channels that are streaming season three all the time, like mm-hmm. in a loop, like all the episodes. I can catch anything in the middle and just still watch it, right? And, and whatever, and leave it. And I enjoy it a great deal. But yeah. yeah, Rick and Morty movie would be great. An Archer film would be great. I don't know how they'd approach that. Um, just because I know the guy behind that kind of kind of keeps wanting to change formats a little bit as he goes along. I don't see I don't see how that would be difficult because he does keep changing formats. Like yeah. I I kind of gave up on Archer only because like the noir version i was yeah, kind of dreamland. Yeah. dreamland i was kind of like eh, like i think vice is still my favorite but like <laughs> the noir one it just i don't well, know. Did I tell you that the new the new season's called danger island and he's going to be it's something about him being like a pirate or running an island oh, like they're going to go back to like whatever there was that whole arc that he was on an island and ended up like and teaching the, everybody lacrosse and everything. yeah it's, it was the one with his dad right i think so yeah, yeah. i remember that season um but yeah, so anyway, if you guys have any suggestions for what would be, you think would be a good animated, like a current animated series would be a good film, there's probably things I'm forgetting about right now, but I just, I Bob's Burgers, I did not expect it, I'm excited for it. So uh, next story here, uh, Valve, which is, uh, they run Steam, which is an online service that you can get, that a lot of different game companies publish to Steam, because Steam is kind of like the framework in yeah. which you can play multiple games. I want to say of. the best example is like, Steam is like... Uh, like the Apple Store for com- for PCs, not not Apple Macs computers. Like yeah. like the way that the, the the iTunes Apple Store is for phones. So like if you have a PC and you're gaming, uh, this is like the program or the store that you use to get a lot of PC games. Yeah, like you get a Steam account and then you download your games through Steam. Yeah. 
and and then and tell them the deals. Then you don't pay attention to the spring and winter sales because you'll buy ten games for like you know a six dollars each and be like that's a great deal and then not play them. Yeah, that's like what I'm I really did. good about that. I have a ton of games on my Steam account mm-hmm. that I've never played. Yeah, but I'm like that's a good buy. Yeah, I, I was like I, like because they it would just they would do these crazy sales and like it would go on for a week and then they would do like random super sales in the middle of the sales and like i would just log on and i'd be like oh my god star wars battlefront 2 not the new one the the original battlefront yeah from like 2006 or something like that was like three dollars and 24 cents it's like a weird percentage off yeah. and i'm like Okay, yeah, twenty three dollars twenty four cents. Yeah, I'll play that. But the nice thing about Steam, and there's, um, we'll get to the story here in a second, is like, uh, well, as I now knock over things, there is, um, there was a game that Irrational put out called Freedom Force that was an RTS superhero game. Oh, I remember that. And they put out a sequel called Freedom Force versus the Third Reich, and I had lost one of the discs, so they still have it available that you can buy it and then download it. You know, and I've not played it. But the point is that I have it again, and that's not something you can go off and find easily just because it's been yeah. over ten years ago and it was a CD and it's great all that. for those yeah. um there's a there's also a website you can it's I think it's called Good Old Games. Yeah, that's another uh, one. Good yeah. Old Games uh has a ton of old games from like, you know, the early nineties and like on. Uh, you know, like um like original no, I don't think original Diablo. I just said that uh <laughs> Um, like Command and Conquers, like the yeah. original Command and Conquers and things like that. Um, and then like my, one of my all-time fam- favorites was uh, Heroes of Might and Magic, which I played Heroes of Might and Magic 2 and 3 like crazy. And I still play Heroes of Might and Magic 3. Like that is my go-to game if I'm eating lunch at my desk because it's turn-based. I can eat, do my move, end my turn so that it's that's basically a, like... That's a good call. And then I'm like eating and waiting for the computer to do all the <laughs> stuff. And then I'm like, okay, it's my turn now. And uh, it doesn't require my constant attention. Um, but they, uh, st- that's the only game I have on Steam that I still play because I have to launch my Steam launcher to um, to play Heroes of My Magic 3. Because okay. they, they released a high-definition version like two or three years ago. That's cool. Um, but that's like one of my all-time favorite games. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, so Steam is a, is a big platform. And, and since, they're, since Valve controls that, they there's people that would argue that they have final say in what gets put on Steam and what doesn't, mm. which they ultimately do. But there, there's some things that work out. However, this story is interesting to me because there was a studio called Silicon Echo that Steam went ahead and removed their entire library off the game uh, off their system last week, and it was more than 200 titles from Silicon Echo, which people have accused of being shovelware, and they're accused of what's called asset flipping, which I don't know technology that well, but they'd buy pre-existing assets meaning stuff that's already completed graphically and then slap them onto frameworks of like very simple things and then just push them out in the marketplace for real low prices for people to buy them and then use them in some type of currency exchange with um the steam cards that they offer and it became this thing where people were buying them to get these cards and then the cards could somehow end up being turned into actual money mm. but the, they so they people felt like this company was publishing these titles and pushing them out there to facilitate a way of getting additional cash. And so, but the, the games they put out were all garbage. And so, but they had over 200 some titles. Yeah, which, a lot of that's usually mobile. Like, because I know they do that with mobile. Not not this company, but yeah. like, not so much the asset flipping, but they do take like the framework and then they just slap it on something and the game sucks, but the framework looks cool. Yeah, so with this though, the reason I was wanting to bring up to you is that they talk about their 200 some titles that they took off their the the Steam uh, server? Is that the bulk of those were published in the last three months? 
That wow. is like huge to be like game after game after game after yeah. game, garbage after garbage after garbage. And um, because they, they uh, Steam cut them off, or I should say Valve cut them off, uh, Silicon Echo says, we have to close shop now. It's like, oh, no, I guess that's terrible. And they're like, our intent was not to. Basically, they're saying, they're, we're not doing what they said we did. But it's like, but then they're also saying that they did publish these 200 games in three months. Like That's ridiculous. Yeah. so 200 it, games in three months. Yeah. And it, so I get like shovelware ads on my phone for something called Winterbird and things like that. You know, it's just Flappy Bird with just a, a winter setting on it, yeah. you know. and But I thought this is interesting. And people are, are happy that. Silicon Echo's gone, but they're worried that Steam is just kind of going and removing things, and they have the power to go ahead and just terminate like uh, access to Steam without notice for some publishers. And then then it becomes the question of if you try your hardest to put out a game that just isn't good, are you going to be accused of like this asset flipping or you know? I don't think so. No, because there's some crap on Steam. Like when um, a lot of survival horror games started to peak on Steam. I remember I played, uh, God, what was that game called? It was, um, was it Daisy? Might have been Daisy. Daisy was not well, like Daisy, like, <laughs> like, like, uh, D-A-Y-Z like Doc Holiday. Yeah, like, you're yeah. no Daisy. Yeah. Uh, no, like D A Y Z, like zombies. It was a zombie survival one. God, that, I don't think that was the name of it. It was something else. No, because Daisy is outbreak. more of like an, um, uh, it was that we just talked about last week. It was World, more open was World, World War Z. It had a real similar, yeah. It had a real similar name to World War Z. Maybe it was War Z. I don't know. Anyway, but like it was, it was constantly in beta. You would pay for the beta access, and a lot of games do this, um, yeah. especially PC games. Like I know, uh, Ark Survival Evolved was constantly in development, and 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 that was another one. But like a lot of these games, like people just like they they get them and then they're just like, well, I just paid for a beta because this game's not completed and developed, and it'll sit there on Steam. And Steam has been known to be like, okay, look, we realize that the developer didn't deliver on this promise, and you're paying for an underdeveloped game. They refund a lot of people, but a lot of those games still make it onto Steam. Yeah, and and because some well, people they have a greenlight program to try to get people interested. Because if there is, because every so often you get that one diamond, right? That's yeah. like a good quality game that just needs a little bit of attention, a little bit more funding, right? And it's going to be good. Um, not that this is the same thing, but that Friday Thirteenth game, that's kind of these guys wanted to do that, and it started getting the right attention. Yeah, and then they got the license for Friday Thirteenth, and well, it took off. Well, I'm sure like somebody decided to get into this greenlight program for like Player Unknown Battleground, which we talked about last week you know that's where those things kind of like cultivate and you know i know we talk a lot about like we don't i don't i I know when we talk about pc gaming like you and i are are blizzard fanatics but i mean steam is really uh, a massive library like a lot of people that game on pc are primarily steam users you know i mean that's really I don't. I don't know of any other big platform like that. Yeah, like, and I mean, well, you get you get some companies that try to have their own little thing. Well, like, I, know, I know Windows has tried. Yeah, Windows has tried, and then like any any publisher who has like a, a um a group of titles, they'll they'll try and have you sign up. Like um, uh, what did I have to set up? Like I I, I was in the beta for um, Quake Champions, uh, which I think we talked about like a like a week or two ago. Um, just how that's like a hero shooter. Yeah. And I think Activision does that. Is that right? No. No. That's uh, Bethesda. 
Uh, yeah, because Bethesda right. owns Quake, they yeah. own Doom, they own all that. And it was like Bethesda had its own launcher for PC. So now if you've got Doom, if you've got Quake Champions, if you've got Skyrim, like all that stuff launches through that launcher because it's that company's stuff. And that's the same thing as like Battle.net and those launchers. But Steam is something different where, you know, they can they can sell games uh, you know, from other publishers and things like that for that system. Cause Bethesda was on there. Cause for the longest time, like yeah. uh, one of the sales, I bought like every single one of uh, fallout new Vegas expansion. And I think I got like all four expansions and the actual game for like $8. And I'm like, it's cause I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? I love fallout well, three. It's, it's a stable platform for stuff like that. And then also if you are a smaller developer, you know that if you get you you don't have to worry about distribution then you don't have to worry about getting it into people's hands yeah. if you could just get it to steam you know and right. that's that's big and that's important because people come but, across people search for stuff on steam like yeah. you know people shoot search for things on youtube for no reason other than to just watch mindless videos i've been on steam before and i've gone into categories and just scrolled through things and i'm like ah oh, this is free or this is a dollar i'm going to try it out i found some pretty cool games on there like um what was it dungeon defenders i, I loved um, and uh, Natural Selection, which was a combination of a first-person shooter and a real-time strategy. Hmm. So you could have like people playing the first-person shooter mode, and then you could have somebody playing on a map where it's like you build uh, turrets and things and, and buildings to help the people playing the first-person shooter. So it was hmm. kind of like a you could pick what style game you wanted to play, but they're both in the game. And that was a really cool game, and that's something I've only ever found on Steam. Hmm. And I know Path of Exile is available on Steam too, and that's mm -hmm. free to play. You're, yep. Like a very, very, very beefy Diablo type game that they keep adding content mm -hmm. to, and it's free to play. And we talked yeah, about that, uh, yeah other Diablo esque type, like Torchlight's on there. That Marvel Heroes game that was Diablo like that I talked about a couple weeks ago, that's on there too. Um, you can literally install Steam and just go to town and, and find a ton of games, and a lot of them are free. Yeah. Uh, you know, eventually, you know, they got the microtransaction thing going, but that's through the publisher, not Steam. Um, but, you know, and then, of course, you got Team Fortress and Half-Life, which are Valve's properties, and which Dota. are on Steam. And Dota. Dota. Sorry, Dota 2. Dota yeah. 2, yeah. Yeah, so I, just, I think it was just interesting that they just went ahead and was like, nope, we're done with this. And I think it was more to protect their economy with their, their card system that they have, which I don't quite understand, as opposed to just quality control. Yeah. But if, if the ultimate goal is and get some of this garbage out, because... Uh, not to go on too much about this, but though we had this wonderful talk last week about like the evolution of gaming systems, uh, Nintendo, the Wii in general, was really guilty of the shovelware, where everyone's like, oh, you can wave your hands, we're going to make a game, mm. try to get a quick buck. And it's just that, like, it's becoming more now where if you have ease of access, there is just garbage put out there. You just got to be careful to look for it. So anyway, there's that. Last story. Uh, before we get to our, our feature here, uh, just after we just talked about shovelware and access to games and everything, uh, Stranger Things, the game which is released on uh, they, like it's on your uh, Android and and uh, Apple stores, is free to play and it was released today, and it looks really cool. It's like a little like sixteen bit top down adventure game. You know what it kind of reminded me of was Did you ever play a Willow, the RPG game? No. Um, Will the movie Willow? They made an RPG yeah. game for it. Uh, that it reminds me a little bit of that, like with um some uh, Legend of Zelda Link to yeah, the Past. Yeah, so it has kind of so. that top down, and there's some there's yeah. some combat, there's some puzzle solving. Just want to mention that because it is free to play, and I guess people have played it have liked it, and they said for you know a game that's free that just showed up, you could do worse. So 
Uh, it looks it looks quality. It looks like it's a lot of fun. Uh, so that's out. That's going to keep you uh, probably satisfied until at least you know for another three weeks until the the show comes out. So now I guess it's not really a story, but I, again, this is one of those things that just feels like it is built with love. And even though it is more of a throwback in its look, which is on purpose because of Stranger Things, this feels like it's done the right way mm-hmm. as opposed to you know just a, it, they could have charged money for this and people would have bought it. Right. But they didn't. So so there you go. Go find your Stranger Things on your phone. Well, stuff so. like that, I feel like it's an ad. You know, they're they're paying for marketing. So it's, it's basically an interactive marketing thing. Absolutely. So, all right, Stranger Things on your phone. Go find it. Um, you go to the App Store and then you just turn your phone upside down. That's how you find it. Yeah, yeah you have you to go. play it upside down. You got to play it upside down. So. And now for our feature presentation. Spook sequel Tober or sequel Spooktober? Spook sequel Tober. Spook sequel Tober. So, uh, of the first of the four movies that we we uh, have for this month, we decided to watch Return of the Living Dead Part Two. Uh, I I asked some people like under underrated sequels, and I remember seeing this in the theater. I think I was like nine years old, so I'm sure my mom took me to the the I don't think the, I saw the, that the, the local theater. theater and was like, "Here's money. Good luck. Good luck." Um, and so a little bit of context, though, that so when when Night of the Living Dead was made, there was an issue with the trademark that they didn't re-register the name Night of the Living Dead. So therefore, the production itself was put into the public domain. So anybody could take the Night of the Living Dead, show it, and you could remake it, and you could do all the stuff, and all the concepts in it were free, so they couldn't reinforce it. So... Uh, George Romero and his uh, co-creator, John Russo, were the ones that did The, the Night of the Living Dead. Uh, later on, there was a decision made between the two of them that they wanted to go in some different directions. And, 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 and um, Romero made uh, you know, Dawn of the Dead and, and Day of the Dead. And he you know, specifically named them like that on purpose while he let Russo have The Living Dead part of the title. And so the, the Return of the Living Dead series, there's five movies. I don't know if I'll go past much past the third one. Um, which I'm, I haven't watched, but the third one sounds interesting. Those were... I think I remember the third one more than anything. Yeah. With the, so the girlfriend? The girl, yeah. yeah. That's, uh, that was directed by the guy who did Reanimator. So that's Makes why... Sense. That's, that, oh, yeah. that the third one has such a Reanimator vibe. Yeah. Um, which is why I kind of want to see that. But yeah. So they, they go in different directions. So they, they are... They're connected, kind of, but not... And while Romero went more towards the social commentary and like, even though there's some goofy humor and uh, Dawn of the Dead, it was more of a serious take on it. While Russo, even though he had written a story that was a direct sequel to Night of the Living Dead and started getting some attention to make a film, he, what you ended up getting with Return of the Living Dead is not quite what he had planned. And the, the powers that be ended up shaping this more as like a horror comedy. So yeah. he kind of got attached to it, but kind of not. And then when you get to the sequel, he had no involvement in the sequel. Well, um, I, I was going to say, like, it definitely, like, ushers in the the zombie, uh, yeah. you know, era of, of, of comedy horror movies, um, you know, with, with the way that they do some of the stuff. Like, you know, the second one, uh, not to get too far ahead, has the, the Michael Jackson zombie. <laughs> that's the very end of the movie. But the very right. end, yeah. That's the very end of the movie, that's but the it's, it's a great movie. gag. That was, the, like, that was the one or two things I remember from that I movie. I think that's all I remembered from the second and, one. Is, and no matter what we're going to say about the film, that's a really good gag. It is just a great the, gag. Just the way that they bring, like he kind of just jumps into the frame yeah. and just shakes and then falls down dead wearing that jacket. I feel great. like I feel like that, I, I want to, th- 
I want to think that that wasn't planned and an extra dressed up like that. And he just, well, I know it, it was. It, it wasn't planned until they were filming. Oh. And then they decided it'd be a good joke. And so they, they actually did quick, ma- they, well, they went by quick makeup. It took three hours to put that makeup together. But they decided uh, while, while they're on set that this would be funny. So it was not written into the script. Right. It was kind of an added decision, which is wonderful. It's an Easter egg. That's like one of the, back in the day before there were tons of Easter eggs, because that was right around when Thriller came out. Yeah. And so it's almost like the thriller zombie kind of wandered it off set into this one and just was like, I'm getting electrocuted now. Yeah. And it's like, and it's just one of those things that it, that's a joke that doesn't age because thriller is going to stay in yeah. people's minds. So it's, it's really funny. Um, but so um, the, the first movie, and I've just mentioned this as a little bit of background too, in return of the living dead, the one, the one character is talking to another character, which he mentions, he's like, Hey, you know, those, those night of the living dead movies. And, and the guy's like, yeah, he's like, you know, that was based on a true story. Right. And he's basically saying that that actually happened, but the film was changed because the government stepped in and said, you can't show everything. Mm. So that's where the basis of return of living dead, like the, the trioxin and, mm. and the dead bodies, and the canisters, that is the quote unquote real story of what happened. Uh. But the, the Romero films are the fictionalized events. That's what they say in these movies to kind of, to kind of like show that there's separation, yeah. but they're still kind of nodding towards well, the Romero stuff. That's kind of like where you, I mean, with this, you could see where like the, the, the ways part with the two of them too, when in a sense where the story becomes like, it's a chemical warfare type thing and the government's evolved versus like something more mystical where, you know, when there's no more room in hell, the dead walk the earth. Yeah. So it's just like, it seems more biblical, more supernatural, less of an explanation, which a lot of zombie movies I think use because it, it, it makes sense because you can't really get an actual explanation versus like, well, they were messing around with some chemicals and now we can't put this thing down, you know? Yeah. So, and, and that's where that kind of originated from and the brains, like the yeah, brains. So thing, that's the big thing too, is that, that was this, a the huge, series to introduce the idea of eating brains. Yeah. Because anybody who's going to mimic it nowadays, a zombie, like I think like saying, you know, brains is like as iconic as saying, Luke, I am your father. It's like a quote, that, yeah. that holds enough weight with a genre like sci-fi, you know, live long and prosper, you know, brains, you know, you know it's just it's just one of those things. Like when people want to mimic a zombie, they say brains. And you, and you don't think about it in terms of like where it comes from. It's just but the, yeah, it literally is from Return of the Living Dead. Why do they that, eat brains? Because if you think back to it, like Night of the Living Dead, they weren't really concerned about brains. They were, they were eating, eating flesh. They were eating everything. They that was just, supposed to be the name of the movie was the yeah. Night of the Flesh Eaters or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But. Yeah, brains, and and it makes it so much more interesting because like they do focus just on the brains, yeah. which was just weird and doesn't explain why. But well, they they did in the first movie. They did in the first yeah. movie, but I mean, yeah. like it, you're used to like seeing prior, they would just rip someone apart, you know. So in this film, in um, like it's been I, first time I've seen it since I was a kid. Um, watching it immediately right after the first movie. Um, the the two main actors in the beginning, the guys who are in the mausoleum. One is Tom, oh, what's his last name? He's um, he's Tommy Jarvis from Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. Tom Matthews. He's the younger of the two guys in the mausoleum mm-hmm. working. Uh, him and the old, old, the older actor, they were the the same two in the first movie working in the warehouse together. They get exposed to the trioxin and become you know zombies. And then this one, they're doing basically almost the same thing, get exposed to trioxin. And that's why Tommy makes the joke or not Tommy, whatever his name is in the movie, Joey, Joey. he's like, he's like, this feels familiar. Like I've seen like, I've yeah, been, he I've keeps talking about you. deja vu. And it's like because the, the same actors are going through the same thing again, yeah. which is a weird choice, but it's funny. That's a funny joke. I just kind of view it as like how Evil Dead 2 
is kind of a reboot of Evil Dead One, and people don't like. It's, yeah, it's it's almost the same story, and yeah. the ending's a little different, but it feels like the, it was the better take in terms of like not better take, maybe it's not the right word. The more money was involved with the take, and they could explore some different ideas with Evil Dead Two versus. Well, I the think first Evil one. Dead Two. If you're going to compare apples and oranges with these two move these four movies, like Evil Dead Two is a horror comedy, is far better than the night of the living dead part two uh because there were some things where i don't understand how it held up and aged with this 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 movie like i'm watching it and like i felt like a lot of the direction was for uh like uh the mausoleum characters and his his redheaded girlfriend like i for them to just overact yeah that was a bit much scenarios and it, it was kind of a bit much and and there were some scenes where i'm just like you could probably have transitioned that better. Like the whole bit where obviously the head's still alive in the bag and he takes it out and he's just like, he's like, I'm going to put my finger in its mouth. I'm like, like, Oh, it bit my finger. Yeah. I'm like, that was a little weird. I'm like, there's no, it doesn't make any sense why you would do that. Other than to get the gag that it's biting his (laughs) finger. I'm like, you could get his finger near its mouth some other way. That's true. I I, I was going to say though, like this one feels like it's more, more, uh, it's, it's better put together than the first one, mm-hmm. at least in terms of A to B. Like, I mean, there's some weird bits like that, absolutely. Yeah. And then the bit when the zombies are in the house and the the cable repair kid, because he's really just outside of high school for one year, and he's fighting the zombies. And then they all turn to look at the exercise tape, and they all get distracted by the girl doing the exercise. And then he runs out. It's funny. They don't really explain it other than like, "Oh, look at her." Because yeah. earlier the, in the movie, the the young boy who's really the lead of the movie was staring. He couldn't help but keep staring at the exercise tape too, which was a funny gag. I, I don't know. Like there were some there's some weird bits in there like that, but like it it had a clear story to me. It had a clear um, resolution, and and honestly. There were some smart moves that some of the characters made that I'm like, you know what? I can agree with that. Like the little kid was actually ahead of the game most of the movie. That's kind of what I wanted to talk about too, because like that whole, like that whole trope of horror movies, or not even horror movies. You know, I feel like in the '80s that was one of the things, and I started to think about this more. That was one of the things that definitely gatewayed a lot of people that you know could that you know you, you know your wasteland crowd that you know, love these cult horror movies because like, you know, when I was that age, like um, you look at a lot of horror movies, there was a central child character that you, you probably shouldn't have in a horror movie. Cause if you look at it now, there's no way, I mean, it, it, it's going on right now in the theaters and that's kind of an exception that that's part of the whole novel that there's a bunch of kids, but I'm trying to think of like a recent scary, like, like violent horror movie. Like, okay. Like, like I know Jeepers Creepers three is coming out. They wouldn't put like a ten-year-old as the center figure of that story to kind of guide some of the adults around, and then you have like this kid in Night of the Living Dead Part Two, Return of the Living Dead, Return of the Living Dead. Sorry, (laughs) Return of the Living Dead Part Two. Um, You've got movies like Monster Squad, which I mean is kind of like very kid-centric, but it is kind of essentially a horror movie. Basically, when this came out, people pointed this to being this movie's almost ET. Yeah, and then look at Critters. Well, yeah, Critters, but it's we talked about Critters last year. ET set kind of the stage of Elliot being like the lead yeah. and everything and how this movie's weirdly like E.T. because the kid knows what's going on. No one listens to him. And it's just like, and it's a very, it's just the, it's just the horror movie version of it. Yeah. You know? But, but there um, are a lot of eighties movies where kids were the center portion of a horror movie. Like uh, what was the one with the demons? Uh, was it the gate? Yeah. The gate, the gate is all centered around kids. Yeah. Fine. You know, even lost boys to, to an extent. No, absolutely. You know, yeah. lost boys is a horror movie, but I mean like, was it Corey Haim was like probably, 
14 or 15 you know yeah no he I mean, was a lead with that and then the, the frog brothers like you had you had them being like younger teenagers versus like the bikers that were even though they're vampires spoiler um supposed to be like their late teens early 20s mm-hmm. and that was a whole different subsection of life there versus yeah. the grown-ups right so and that's another thing too in this movie in particular you never see his parents you never see the parents of the of yeah. him and his sister because they're out yeah and you you like, do always have that, that or, no, they're, or they're out for, they, they leave briefly at the very beginning i think that's something either way they're not there for the movie but the kid always has some type of like surrogate type like character like a sister or an older brother yeah who has to watch after him but they're kind of like tied up in it you know like troll trolls the same way there's kids in like the main focal uh, which i know i know about troll too. we talked about troll too i've not seen troll too but it's I, just yeah but if you think about it like there's so many 80s move horror movies that have kids as a central point and like and, and watching growing have, up and you have the sister grab a, a shotgun Mm-hmm. And they actually do a good job of explaining. Like she was like, you know, she was like number one in the state for like target shooting. Yeah. And then she hands her little brother like a little tiny rifle. He's like, what am I going to do with this? He grabs a handgun. Yeah. A large handgun, like, like, you know, a dirty, hairy gun. Right. And then he carries it with them. And the one shot he has, he loses the gun, which I'm like, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> you know, but he was like, nope, I'm going to carry this gun with me. And it's like, you would not see that today, much like you would not see a monster squad when kids are just openly shooting at right. people. You with, know? They had dynamite and everything. Yeah. But like going back, like it's like now that I thought about it, I was just like, damn, I'm like, when I was that age, I was the age of all these kids in this movie and they were the main character. I was very relatable to that. I'm yeah. like, yeah, you know, like as, as, as creeped out as I was with, uh, critters i was just like yeah the guy that flies the orville he kind of had everything under control in that movie <laughs> yeah you know so um, i so I, I like that the kid actually it, he wasn't so smart in the sense of like there's no way a kid wouldn't know that because right. there's like the, like a lot of things he did i'm like oh well i could see how a bright kid would put that together like how he uh when he was like stuck in his room he decided to create like enough smoke to cause the alarm to go off mm-hmm. so he can get away from his sister like that was actually kind of a smart how whenever he saw that that canister was bad news and even though i don't think a painter's mask would protect you yeah he did take precautions that were right. things he could find well i you know what's funny is like in the beginning of the movie what is he doing in the beginning of the movie reading comics reading comics yeah and, and that's always kind of reading like spider-man reading spider Spider Man, <laughs> there you go. Drink, drink. Yeah. Um. Actually, finish two drinks. Darkhawk's got a new comic book. Coming yeah. Out. There you go. Yes. Uh. Anyway. Um. No. Like. But that's the thing. Like. Is like. You know. The kids our age, we would just read comic books, and they would always ha- like. Parents would always be like, Ah, I'm gonna suspend disbelief. There's no way vampires are real. The kids were like, I read it all the time. I believe it. I know how to stop them. That's why you had like the Frog Brothers. Yeah. And I think the Frog Brothers actually had comics as references for a lot of their and stuff he, and he did too this whatever i forget yeah. what it was like something but Tri matter man or whatever yeah. and it's like and it was painfully like showing exactly the same thing mm-hmm. but that's okay it, you like i i wasn't upset about that like they're the only the only problems i have with this movie is that i feel like um the stakes weren't raised high enough because you bring the military in again and they don't really do anything and like they they show that the they towns, shoot up the, an ambulance terribly. The, yeah, that's about it. Um, and then there's also the bit too. Whenever there's the two soldiers in the jeep with the the mounted gun. Yeah. The one guy that was holding the gun. I know who that was. Mitch Pelegi. I did not know until yeah. the end of the movie. That I was like, like sitting there. Oh. I'm like, is that how Skinner got promoted? <laughs> yeah. It's like no wonder he knows the X Files are real yeah. because he saw him. And there was that gag later when it showed all the zombies driving around the jeep, just that like weaving really around. Good gag. It didn't make sense. But they I loved they it. couldn't even get it going. Like they were like, yeah, we're gonna get this kid. Nope, we're gonna go over here. We're gonna yeah. go over here. Um, my favorite gag was bits. probably when they were in the ambulance and they're like, they're calling for help, and then that one zombie comes over to the, Come PA. To the hospital. He's like, Come to the hospital, and they're like, wait a minute. <laughs> 
Like, who's the president? Yeah. Truman. Truman. And they just put the other nope. pick. Like, did, so did you watch the first one to, to watch this one, or was it something that you already had seen? Uh, I, I had seen both, but I hadn't seen them in a while. I know with the first one, there's like, there's a soldier who gets infected first, and then he kind of goes around like... Well, I mean, it's it's weird. Uh, it's but, almost but, like he's like a bud character. Um, yeah, no, the first one's more. Maybe that's the one I, I thought that mention, Clancy Brown was in that. Uh, that's not the. Well, the only reason I was going to mention is because there was a running gag with that where paramedics and cops would show up uh-huh. and that they'd come and look around, then all these zombies would rush off screen and attack them. And so eventually, because they were at a mausoleum. And there was like, and like the the police or someone was like uh, calling in to see what was going on, and a zombie picked up one of the the uh, handsets and was like, "Send more paramedics," and they put it down. So at the end of the movie, there's like, like you see five, six ambulances pull up, and then just a horde of zombies goes rushing after them, and it's a really funny joke because this it's like a death alley. Like every time a, like a, an ambulance shows up, there's more zombies to take out. Everybody comes out of it. So I appreciate that they were smart enough to call for more backup more, or more supplies every single time. It's like, send more paramedics, yeah. like come to the hospital. It was it was a good gag. Like, so not all the humor worked for me. And that's fine I, to call this thing. I mean, it is it is a horror comedy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'd call it. It'd be more like like 65, 35. I don't know how to break that down. Like, I feel like something like and this is not a good comparison whatsoever. Shaun of the Dead is a horror comedy and it has more comedy than horror but when the horror gets there it's real you know so with this it's like there was the, you you had the comedy and some of it didn't work some of it did work but there was more it was a very PG-13 horror too like, considering the first movie was R with a bunch of swag and nudity this and was yeah, very toned and, down and there's scenes in the first well the black and were you talking about uh, Night of Living Dead no I'm talking about Return oh, of Living Return Dead, of Living Dead. Yeah. Um, like there's a lot of gags like punching zombies in the face and it's just like goopy goo, yeah. and there were a lot of times when people's hands ended up in zombies mouths and they didn't get bit which I was always kind of like expecting but it. they ripped jaws out they ripped jaws or... off and then the tongues just going like they just had the actor kind of going and I like the bit physical joke whenever the zombies attack the pet store and they're just going oh my god I felt like I was like I was trying not to laugh at that, but that was just hilarious. Just watching some of those great. Things, the fluffy cause, animals. Cause you and I'm see like, all the cages and stuff kicked outside. And they're all like brains. And I'm like, well, there's brains. There are brains. And I, and I liked it ultimately that they figured out a way to kind of, kind of make them follow them and like set up the whole big, like killing field type of thing with the zombies. Oh, the, yeah. It actually gave, it gave a reason for that why that would work because the previous thing of showing one of them get like like, like electrocuted into, yeah it was a was, way to take them out yeah and it was a nice like okay well they've they've seen examples of this they know how to do it now the the good practice the practical effect that I thought was really cool is the zombie that got cut in half yeah the one that, that that started like trying to like get its own legs back and whatever yeah, yeah. like I don't yeah. know was that like a was that like a guy who who lost his legs I would've, an I would've, actor because like yeah he was moving. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I kept watching it, and I'm trying to think. I'm like, you know, is this really good camera work where they don't show his legs because he was definitely a torso? Well, no, there, there is um, in the first movie. Because he's um, he's raised up. It's not like he's sliding on yeah. the ground where he's No, he's using his but, hands to motor around. Yeah. Uh, in the first movie, there's a bit, too, where someone gets up after being chopped into. They get up, and their torso moves towards them. I think they use the same actor that does not have a lower half Mm. and that's something that it's actually like uh there's a lot of stunt people that actually have missing body parts like that they end up using for those and it's really effective like um i'll give you an example um in the thing 
when the doctor's getting ready to do, he has the the uh, the the discs to do the whatever you call them, like um, the defibrillators. The defibrillator. Yeah. And he goes and, and punches down that guy's chest, and his hands get cut off. Yeah. They just made a latex mask of that actor and put it on another person that had his hands, his arms already cut off. Oh. So wow. when they pulled away, they could show him not having arms, and it's a real quick cut, so you don't notice it's a mask. Of the actor, but you get the because your your attention's focused on the arms. Yes, see that's great. It's really that's really effective and scary. Great, that's great. Yeah, I mean, it, not great that guy lost his arms, but just a great use of practical effects to kind of like take you into the moment and give you oh my god, and then you can't really suspend disbelief enough to go that that was fake CG. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so there's yeah. there's good practical effects in this. Um, I so the argument is this is underrated. So this didn't it had like double the budget of the first movie. Didn't make nearly enough back at the time. It was considered a failure when the first movie was kind of a surprise success. Um, watching them back to back, the first one I could see being more iconic just because of what it was and having like more of a a rock and roll soundtrack to it. It's very eighties. Yeah, the soundtrack um, to this was was very eighties. Yeah, um, and I just thought it was weird too. Like, I don't know if there's a story behind it that you might know of. I I didn't see anything, but it was filmed in a development, a, a building, like an area, mm-hmm. like a like a, a suburb, like a cul de sac, like a cul de sac that was being built. And th- I thought that was kind of unique to the story, just because you didn't really see that a lot. Like there was there were a lot of homes under construction. There was no grass, lawns weren't developed yet, or anything like that. Well, so that actually was a development being built. They decided to film in. Yeah, but but I feel like it helps the story because then the characters are isolated because not not everything's built. And that also explains why it's easy to remove the phone lines by heading that one box. Mm. And then it's also easy to explain why the town got evacuated because they weren't there. Like they were yeah. in the town. You know, they weren't in the town. So it's like it was actually one of those things that probably happened because of budget. Yeah. But then it actually kind of formed the rest of the film. So like wow. I, I liked it because it gave it like it kind of gave an interesting look to it. And then as they're running through the different houses that weren't developed, they had different options to, to, to bash the people with. The, like, remember the gag where the girl's walking through the house and the zombies kind of fall on her, mimicking her movements kind of and like a shadow. Stops, yeah. And he stops for a second. That was a funny gag for yeah. whatever reason. Like, there, yeah, there was... Um, it's a good thing the, uh, the OA wasn't there to have all their doors it, yeah, open. Yeah, no shit, right? Um, so I feel like this is, if not on par, production-wise in terms of like overall filming, I think it's a better better movie. Um, I think it's overall stronger movie in the sense that it actually has a solution for the zombies while the first one's much more like we're all doomed type of thing. But the first one has a certain edge and certain character to it that I think that people will always remember more so than the second one. So I'm glad I watched it. I, it's not going to be one of my favorites. I mean, I could see going back to it maybe with like a crowd of people, like watching a like, group of people. Yeah, if it was part of like how you they do 12 Nights of Terror. Yeah, or whatever. Like, I yeah. could see it being part of like that that type of an ensemble of collection of movies. Yeah. You know, just, but I mean, I feel like you, something like, uh, like Dawn of the dead, you could watch on its own with like, with, with, and just, and still appreciate some more of the context to it while this is more, and that's, it's okay to have a crowd pleasing zombie movie that don't get me wrong. You know, um, I don't need to have a bunch of social commentary with this and there really wasn't a lot of it here. Um, and that's fine, you know, but I also feel like if there's no message, sometimes that doesn't age very well, you know? So one thing I did, kind of confused me that didn't age well was like I didn't know grave robbing was an actual profession that was kind of that lucrative and I I, I don't <laughs> think it was I think it's a nod to the first movie because yeah. those two actors were working in a medical supply warehouse 
so they were still handling dead bodies and things. So it's uh-huh. kind of like, how do you move them to this? And it was like, I don't, again, I don't know why they're there, but when I saw them, I was just happy because I liked both of those guys. Like the older actor, I love some of his reactions. I love that he was stopping and trying to pray every two minutes. And he's like, I deserve this. I deserve this. It's like, get up. You know, that yeah. was funny. Um, but yeah, it, it was okay. I'm glad I watched it. Um, but I'm glad this was the first movie of our four for the month because I feel like it's only going to get stronger. Yeah, from uh, you get a little t- like like we're going to watch what is it? Uh, Texas, Chainsaw. Texas Chainsaw Massacre two uh, for next week. And I feel like that's going to be no no pun intended yeah. a meteor film to dig into. Yeah, versus like talking about that versus the original Chainsaw. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, Return of the Living Dead two. I give it I don't know three heads in a bag. I don't know. I'm going to give it two heads. Two heads in a bag. Uh, and they didn't explain how that talking head ended up at with the rest of them at the end anyway where it's like okay we give up no brains I thought that was kind of funny didn't make sense yeah. um, but uh, anyway share your thoughts guys if, if you guys appreciate this movie and you think that maybe that we're misjudging it maybe it's one of the best zombie movies ever made I would challenge you I'll, on that but I'll give I'll, I will give the cover or the movie poster the movie poster is awesome I will give it four stars yeah or four, four heads in a bag I, I would have that poster I think that's a cool poster that's a pretty cool poster yeah. Um, and I remember that more than I think than the movie whenever it came out. I remember like, yeah. that movie when that came. Out, I was like, that movie looks sweet. <laughs> yeah. So, so there yeah. were a lot of movie box boxes like that when I was a kid. I was just like, back when art was cool. You yeah, know, on, on movies. Uh, so, so yeah, that's going to do it for that. that so, find us on our Facebook page. Uh, let us know what your guys' thoughts are on this film. I'm sure, sure, friend of the show Steve King, who was with me at Wasteland and got to to meet. Uh, uh, Mr. Tom Atkins, who is in Halloween three, um, that was that was fun seeing Steve get uh, kind of starstruck a little bit. Like Steve isn't usually one to be you know lacking words, but he didn't know what to say to Mr. Atkins, and it was kind of funny. Um, so I, I'm sure he'll have some good words to say about Return of the Living Dead too, Steve. So so I challenge you, Steve, tell tell us why we're wrong or right. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, also, um, you guys can uh, support us on our Patreon. It's Patreon.com/slash Invasion of the Podcast. Go on there, uh, donate as little as a dollar up to as much as you want uh you donate five dollars you get to pick a wheel of death like pick six movies that are terrible on netflix and we will watch one of them we did a wheel of death every week last year in october we're not doing it this time because that's a lot of shit movies to get through and And we'll we'll, we're kind of doing i don't want to say we're doing shit movies but we're we're kind of watching movies movies for the main bulk of it this year yeah so but if you but if you do donate we'll figure out a way to squeeze that that's fine that's patreon.com slash invasion the podcast uh we do have a blog and there's an update to the blog. Oh, I saw the westerns. Yeah, yeah, you're the western. It's I'm going. I'm going to drag it into the very end of the year. I, I started watching. Um, I watched uh, Johnny Guitar, which was 1954 with Joan Crawford. Really good movie. And then I just watched The Searchers with 1956 with John Wayne. I'm a little conflicted about that one, but that's the one that is like held up as like one of the greatest films of all time. I don't know how I feel about that. Great. I yeah. It's like of all time. It's, it's like in like top ten. Like people really. Up, yeah. Uh, so you guys can check out the blog. I wrote a little bit about both of those. I'm going to keep keep trucking through, uh, and I've, it's it's been fun just reading about it and watching the movies. But the, the year of the Western, I will get through it. So, um, but yeah, enough about that. Let's get to let's get to this game that I that I have set up. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> Oh wow! You've got three different uh, 
like buckets, buckets yeah. full of tiny little pieces of paper. Yeah. So what I'm going to try here, we'll see how this goes, because either either this is going to be great or it's going to be terrible. Uh, maybe a mixture of both. I decided to just be like, you know, you go out and get trick or treat candy all the time, mm-hmm. and then they always try to do something different every year. And I'm like, well, what if like celebrities or like famous pop culture things? Yeah. Uh, what if they try to get into the candy game? So that's like oh, you know. Yeah. So so orange is a celebrity or a famous thing of some sort. Okay. Green is a famous thing. You'll see. Uh, green is a modifier of like, you know, like a flavor or type type of thing. And then, and then the purple is the actual like candy. And uh, Oh, just, so we're making Halloween candy. Yeah. Oh, kind of okay. like, you know, like Della Reese's pieces type of thing. Like, you know, that's, that's not my joke. Um, but so <laughs> with this being said, it's going to get a little weird. So, um, so Joe's going to pick, He's gonna. There's like 20 of these, so we'll we'll get through them. Um, so there's your celebrity, there's your your type, and then so for the candy stuff, like you'll see that I have brand name candy listed. I didn't know how else to describe the candy type, so All right. we'll see here. All right, so we have <laughs> Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is Roman Reigns is malted milk candy buttons. Oh, like the candy. Who likes candy buttons? No one. No one likes candy buttons. I feel like that would definitely be something Roman Reigns would go because you'd be like, Roman Reigns, I don't want this crap. Yeah. But then they're like, it would have like his branding on it. So you can go ahead. Here's and- a little baggie of carrots. Man, yeah. I'd be like, dude, freaking just baggie of carrots. The hell am I doing at your house? So we have Sterling Archer. This better be alcohol. This better be like a like cat and candy flavor bot. Candy coated. Candy coated. Sterling Archer's candy coated jelly beans. See, like some of these just sound like they might be good, but you candy know, candy coated th- jelly beans just sounds like double Mountain Dew. Like yeah, double the dew. <laughs> like, like what's a candy coated jelly bean? Sounds like it would be hard to chew, but if it was Sterling Archer's, you know that it would be some kind of liquor infused, and it would be it would knock you out. Oh boy, Nicholas Cage. So we have Nicholas Cage's. Mouthful of bees. Oh. White chocolate. <laughs> oh, Nicholas Cage's white, white chocolate. White chocolate Twizzlers. Ugh. I don't know what the hell. Do you're you think doing. he invested money in that and he's going to lose a lot of money and some white chocolate Twizzlers? Probably. Yeah. Buying islands and crap. So, do you like white chocolate? Like, no, I don't care. Okay, you don't care. You're not really a chocolate person. Okay. Oh, Liz Lemon, please, please have a lemon flavored candy. <laughs> You know, you're going to be like, Paul, this this is great. And I'm like, it's hard to come up with like 20 modifiers of like different Liz types. Lemon's Coconut. Uh-oh. Coconut Skittles? Damn it, Liz Lemon. Good <laughs> good God, Lemon. Why Liz would you... Liz Lemon Coconut-flavored Skittles? Why would you give out coconut-flavored Skittles, Liz Lemon? Ugh, Tracy that doesn't Jordan. sound great. Tracy would still eat those. Yeah. I love Tracy. Uh, who we got? Oh, Nathan Fillion. Here we go. Cade Six himself. I'm playing a lot of Destiny. Uh, Nathan Fillion's fruit juice filled. Like a gusher. Like the thinking, like the, kind of like that. Firefly ships. Yeah, no. I'm sure that back end is just fruit juice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fruit juice filled candy corn. Ugh. That doesn't sound very no, good. That, sound that very just good. sounds like those soda pop, those wax yeah, soda pop. Yeah. Because those 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 are kind of candy corn shape, and they have that same consistency, like the t- the yeah. texture. I don't or, like those, like those little wax bottles. Yeah, no. that's not good. All right, we've got 
There's M&M candy Ooh, corn. Ooh, Charlie Kelly. Oh, yeah. Did you see the it's, M&M's candy corn things put out? They sound disgusting. Yeah, I saw those. Yeah, this but, is just going to be cat food. <laughs> Charlie Kelly's nougat. I'm going to move this one over here so I can grab it easier. All right. Charlie Kelly's nougat wafers. That, you know, that sounds pretty good. It like a Twix. Bad. I, you'd get two of them. One would be called Day Man. One would be called Night Man. Yeah. I would, I would probably eat that. I would but just I, imagine him and him and Mac giving out NyQuil and DayQuil. As long as it's not milk steak. Ugh. All or, right. Or fight milk. Danny Rand, the, <laughs> the immortal Iron Fist himself. Yeah. Well, he has the money. Why not get in the candy game? Gives out minty. Oh. I mean, he wears green. Oh, he does. This he might be. He green. Yeah. Punches to the face. Minty, whatever dust disgusting things Starbursts are made of. So basically, Danny Rand's giving you min- minty, starburst. minty starbursts. I mean, isn't that just gum? I- <laughs> like, I could see him passing that off. He'd yeah. be like, "Here you go." I'd be like, "Is this gum?" He's like, "No, it's mint flavored starbursts." Yeah. I, so uh, I'm just I'm just gonna call them gum mint flavored starbursts now. There you go. I like it. So anytime anybody, I, I hate starbursts. I don't even know what they're made of. I really, just, I hate starbursts. I like starbursts, but I don't like unwrapped starbursts. Like they 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 think they're they're like, oh yeah, people hate that damn wrapper. We're just no. gonna be, it's not the same starbursts. No, like nice try, <clears throat> starbursts. Danny Rand's uh, minty. Laurel Lance. Here comes more alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it'd be great if you did get the one that was kind of maybe associated with that. Yeah. <laughs> and he did. Oh God. Laurel Lance's rum flavored <laughs> candy necklace. <laughs> this is by far my favorite well, let's, one. Let's so save far. that one. We'll save that. God, Laurel Lance's rum flavored Kim. That would even be better than Archer having it. Yes. I'm sorry. I know people will probably be like, why does Joe think alcoholism is so funny? Because I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> I can laugh at it. Uh the Babadook. Ooh. I don't know if we should use candy from Babadook. The Babadook's toffee. Mm. Oh, yeah, okay. I mean, Babadook is, he's Australian, so I figured yeah. to- toffee would kind of, and I'm sure they, what? <laughs> to- toffee flavored folded paper Bible tracts. <laughs> so I had Mary read this list before I cut it all up. She's like, what are you talking about? So you never went trick-or-treating in the Bible belt. People would drop that shit in your bag of like like little like little cards with Bible verses on them as opposed to actually giving you candy. What the hell? Yeah. So like so the Babadook, which is, you know, God, you don't want to read that damn, book. That's worse than a toothbrush. Yeah. At least you can use a toothbrush. Yeah. What's that? Is that me or you? Uh, someone's let someone wants to get the Babadook's uh, Bible tracks. Somebody just got some hunter pants in Destiny, just in case anybody wonder what that was. Um Randy Marsh. <laughs> Did you watch the new South Park yet? Uh, yeah. He's calling those people in Columbus, yeah, Ohio. Yeah. You racist. <laughs> you live in Columbus. Uh, Randy Marsh's peanut butter. Uh-oh. Cream fresh. Cream fresh. Ha, 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 ha. Peanut butter pixie sticks? Ugh. Oh. Oh. So would that be would that be the dust that tastes like peanut butter, or is it just a pixie stick full of peanut butter? I feel like it would just be like a pixie stick full of peanut butter. Yeah, that sounds sounds kind of disgusting. Laura, Laurel and the rum necklace. <laughs> Jessica Jones. A lot of defenders in this one. Yeah. Um, Jessica Jones. A rum necklace would also be good for yeah. Jessica Jones. Taffy. Is it purple? 
I hope so. Yeah. Taffy ribbon candy? Ugh. Dude, ribbon candy's terrible. How does that work? Because I feel like ribbon, ribbon candy's like solid and ribbon, taffy's yeah, not. Yeah, but I feel like ribbon candy is just like taffy that's harder. Because <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's kind of made so, the same way. Yeah, so you need super strength and like some drinking to get through it. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> that's funny. All right. So oh, Batman. Yeah. Money. <laughs> yeah. Straight up money. Just <laughs> drops a, like a roll of 50s in your bag. Chocolate. Okay. Yeah. There you okay. Go. Did, is this the same? No, that's the wrong one. I grabbed two out of that one. All right. So Batman gives out chocolate. Chocolate pretzels. Hell yeah, well, Batman. See, that's a good combination. That is. God, I am the knight. Dark chocolate. Yeah, Batman. Yeah, it would be dark chocolate. Yeah. It would totally be dark chocolate. That's actually a really good. So it's actually a good combination. I'm really yeah. proud of you, Batman. So right now, DC characters are winning <laughs> me over on my, my candy bag. So when I when I come back home and make sure that there's no razor blades in anything. Hopefully there's some razor blades in some of these. Ooh, Drax. I don't know what Drax eats. <laughs> Whipped. <laughs> I like I'm thinking like whipped cream, maybe, or whatever it is. Whatever if this, this is, says, might be if this is it good. <laughs> no. Uh whipped Pez. What the hell would <laughs> whipped? <laughs> Isn't that just isn't that just cotton candy? I guess so. I feel yeah. like whipped Pez is cotton candy. I'm coming up with all kinds of new words for candy. Give me some of that whipped Pez. Yeah, yeah like, let me get some whip. What do you mean whipped Pez? I mean you just whip it around and just get it all sugared yeah. up. All right, so I like to think that he would see cotton candy and not know the word cotton candy. And yeah, just, and literally call it whipped Pez. Judge Dredd gives you some Szechuan justice. See that I was starting to run out of flavor types. Hot shot. Ugh. <laughs> Szechuan candy eggs. Ugh. What the hell, Dread? He's judged you for having terrible tasting candy. He's judged him for having terrible candy. I'm assuming these are the candies that people are handing out. Yes, yes. Okay, I didn't I, I wasn't imagining like a commercial or anything. <laughs> uh Ash from the Evil Dead. I didn't want to confuse you with Pokemon. I don't know why. Yeah. I, you know, oh man, this is Zima. Zima flavored. Zima. I like that Ash has that though. Zima flavored Pez. Wait, did I have Pez twice in there? Yeah, maybe I have Pez in there twice. Was, Oops. Maybe Ash just lives next door to Drax and they're like, he's like, what did you get? I got Pez. I'll get Pez too. Yeah. I'm whipping it though. I like that I had to have Pez twice. I don't know. Like, sir, so you can call a wild card. Like, what do you what do you think Ash what do you think he would have for a candy? Like, what do you think? Uh Viagra, like, like oh, like Werther's Originals, like with like meth and Viagra Pez. Vi- Viagra Pez. Werther's like would be good too. All right, so Cersei Lannister. I don't want anything. Just crazy bitches giving out. Uh, organic, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really. I I want to know. Do you like that? I put organic as a flavor. Yeah. Girl? Like I don't. I don't know. I want to yeah. just organic. Organic pop rocks. <laughs> They're just actual rocks. That sounds like really dangerous. <laughs> oh, you know what that makes me think of is the the blad- the Battle of Blackwater where they get all that um, dragon fire. Dragon fire. Yeah. I mean, technically, that's organic pop rocks. Technically, gunpowder is organic pop rocks. <laughs> so, bullets. Yeah. I'm good. All right. I, I knew some of these are going to just be odd. Oh, it's the... my BFF Jen Urso. Jen Urso. Yeah. yeah. She rebels. No, she gets bad she, candy. She doesn't actually. She doesn't rebel. Never heard her say that. Um, caramel. 
Caramel, I can't make up my mind. Um, no. Uh, caramel, oh, toothpaste? Because you always get toothpaste. Yeah. yeah. You get like, you said toothbrush. I that's mean, right. that I, sounds disgusting. That sounds disgusting and counterproductive. Yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine if you just really had You're like, like it's my Stardust like a like, yeah, uh, Stardust caramel tooth? Uh, Could you imagine if you had like toothpaste and you yeah? If you did it enough, you'd have you just you wouldn't have any teeth left except for a rogue one. Uh, I have. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Re- I, know, I know you don't care. I, know I was reading. Care. I was no. Oh. I was reading. I see except for the ro- one rogue tooth. Uh, uh. Yeah. Um, the xenomorph, which is crossed out and respelled. No, because I because I looked at it later and I wrote xenomorph. Xenomorph. I wouldn't know what a xenomorph are. But I did when you'd be like, it's "What's when a, a face hugger gets on a moth?" Yeah. Uh, ooh, mystery flavored xenomorph. Mystery flavored mm. xenomorph. Uh, mystery flavored ring pop. There you, you know, but but what's inside the like? Well, there could be something inside that ring pop. As long as it's not grape. <laughs> Well, have, do you remember? Do you remember what those little like those little suckers you get? There's like the dum dums or whatever. Yeah, there was and there was the mystery flavored ones. Yeah, I don't eat those because yeah. the mystery flavor literally was whatever was left at the bottom of the whole batch. That it's making you know, so you never got the same thing. I have a candy dish on my desk at work, and I put um, I bought a thing of Jolly Ranchers, but I give like I keep all the ones I want, <laughs> and then like I give the rest of the people at work some other ones. But it's pretty much just filled with grape Jolly Ranchers because <laughs> I can't stand grape. Just, you should give them some minty Starbursts. Yeah. <laughs> Guy Ferrari's Cool Ranch. Oh, oh, Cool Ranch razor blades. It was Guy Fieri who point. Oh man, that's the guy on the street. You oh, gotta watch out you gotta for. Gotta watch out for that Guy Fieri. Yeah, yeah. He keeps talking about Flavor Town. You know yeah. what Flavor Town is a bloody oh. mouth. <laughs> right down to Flavor Town. Yeah. That Cool Ranch just burns. It yeah. just burns. That Cool Ranch. Ricky Bobby. Ricky Bobby gives you, ooh, fiery. Uh oh. Fiery Smarties. Damn it, Ricky oh. Bobby. Aren't these just uh, um, hot tamales? No, I mean, well, I mean, maybe fiery Smarties. I guess that makes sense. I hate yeah. Smarties. Smarties are like the the the, there's the cheap a, candy. There's like there's a lot of like like candy I put into the the category of like this is stupid and disgusting like smarties is one of them smarties is just like hey i want to know what it's like to eat tums like, but not get the benefit of tums right it's like tums it's like candy that's tums but like just go eat tums like yeah yeah they're always the candy like when you get that little uh like uh what is it called the assortment the pack. party pack yeah. the assortment pack smarties are always left nobody eats those no there's people that like them but i, I don't know what's wrong yeah. i'm saying with swedish fish i can't eat swedish fish i'm okay with swedish fish Kylo Ren, uh, he's handing out uh, sour. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. It'd be sour. Sour fun-sized candy bars. I like the fact that it's a fun-sized candy bar and it's a sour and you don't want to eat it. I'd like. I'd like to think they're like spoiled or something. <laughs> like yeah. he just he. What what's what's your least favorite candy bar? Like of like candy bars. Candy bars? Yeah. I don't know. There's like there's not one where I'm just kind of like eh. Um. I don't really have a like least. the zero. That's that white chocolate mint bar. Like that thing is disgusting. Is that? Yeah, I don't. I don't think I have a least favorite candy bar. Do you have a favorite candy bar? Not really. No. I mean, like I just whatever I'm feeling. Like oh, Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider have been better for fire Fiery. Smarties. <laughs> Pen and stairs. Uh, raisin filled Pen and stairs. 
just want to see raisin-filled penance stairs now. Well, there's a spooky spider on the screen outside. Raisin-filled jelly rings. What are jelly rings? Like you know, like those apricot like rings you get. Like they're like jelly, like uh, like gummy worms or whatever. Oh, yeah, like, okay. Them, like, just they got sugar weird. on them. Yeah, they're yeah, weird. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. what you're talking about. But the raisin-filled, that'd be disgusting. But he knows he's punishing people. Yeah, yeah. Raisin-filled penance stairs. Is anybody excited for anything raisin-filled? No. Bob Belcher. Did you know I had I had a coworker that did not know that um, raisins were grapes, and they did not know that pickles were cucumbers. Did he, I, it's twenty seventeen. He did not know that was the evolution of those two foods. Uh-huh. Uh, from transition from one to the other. He d- literally did not know that. But anyway, sorry. Bob Belcher's got gummies. Uh oh. Gummy, gummy, gummy fun dip. Ugh. I'm trying to think how that will work. <laughs> is that like? Is it like post? Post the fun dip, like after it's the powder has been put into the water. The, the yeah, water that, that just makes it Jello. Then I guess so. Yeah, he came up with it. I don't know. So what if I said it was punny fun dip, then he would probably be okay with it. Maybe. Yeah. All right, we just got two left here. All right. So I know you guys are like edge of your seat here. Yeah. I, don't, hey, I know you're hey, like there's some good combinations. We got the Laurel Lance rum necklace. Yep. It, Sylvanus Windrunner. You know my BFFs. Uh, Cream filled. Vengeance. Uh, I feel like I feel like I would like I would almost like to take some of these celebrities and just put them in a neighborhood together. Like I feel like like Sylvanas and Ghost Rider would be like uh, yeah. cream filled nerds. Ugh. And I bet you it's probably not the candy. She probably like, like murdered, actually like those people murdered some intellectual IT people. Uh, <laughs> cream. I don't even know nerds. how you do cream filled nerds. That sounds disgusting. They're so small. Yeah. Like. Like just take a little like a pen. What if they're just milk duds and she calls them cream filled nerds? <laughs> Be like, these aren't nerds. So I guess they are. Like, okay, fine, fine. I'm tired of your insolence. Okay, I'm gone. Ooh, Walter White. Please be blue. Bacon. Walter White's giving out bacon. Jawbreakers. Ugh. They're still blue. You know what though? I think I'd be okay with if, if I could have a jawbreaker that tastes like oh, bacon. Yeah, because you could just suck on that all day Wouldn't long. Wouldn't that be amazing, actually? Yeah, why don't... Thank you, Walter White, yeah, for thank science. You. Science that up. I'm That's sure actually, he scienced that up. And yeah. they would be blue. They'd be addictive. Um, yeah. They'd be highly addictive. But yeah, yeah that sounds... Jawbreakers are, are, are... Or even a Jolly Rancher. Bacon-flavored Jolly Ranchers? Eh. Yeah. So those would not go in go. my candy dish. So there, there's some, there's some of your candy. We had Batman chocolate pretzels, which so, like, that feels like a thing. We're gonna try and do some more trick or treating things. Um, if you guys have any cool trick or treating stories that you want to share, or costumes that you dressed up as, like I remember, I one of my first Halloween costumes, I was a Jedi, and I pretty much just had a bathrobe, <laughs> but it wasn't really, it was a blue bathrobe, so it didn't. Really fit the Jedi moniker. Yeah, I, I I know my mom let me dress up as Freddy to go to school once. I don't know how. I, all I remember is I had a fingerless glove mm-hmm. that I somehow put like I don't know. Like I I think I took straws that were still wrapped in plastic uh, paper and did the tips of them red to be like that's my claws. I was a poor child with no imagination, <laughs> you know. So I uh, I had a term. I did a really good Terminator one because you remember those uh, Terminator hand toys that they yeah. used to have. I had one of those and then I bought the the Arnold makeup, like the shell that you would put on the side of your face. That was probably my favorite costume that I did when I was a kid. I was just like, yeah, hey, I got to be Terminator. So yeah, let us know. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's on our Facebook page. It's invasion of the podcast. You can find us there. Uh, and again, we do have a website invasion of the Again, you can go, go there and check out the blog and my, uh, my musings on Westerns as we go along. 
Uh, and again, you guys can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Music, Satchel, and if you can find and, and wherever you get your podcast, if you can please find us, rate and review us. That'd be wonderfully appreciated. Uh, next week, like I said, Texas Chainsaw Massacre two. I feel like we'll probably have more to talk about with that one than we did Revenge Revenge Re- Return Revenge of the Jedi yeah. Dead. Um, Return of the Living Dead Part Two. I'm glad we watched it. Worth a talk, but. We're gonna we're gonna get into some Texas Chainsaw. That'll be that'll be good. Yeah. So, so yeah. Until next week, uh, enjoy these wonderful candies. Enjoy your Laurel Lance uh, rum, rum necklace, necklace. And, uh, and we'll we'll see you next week. Hey, you Tom, it's Bob from the office down the hall. It's good to see you, buddy. How have you been? Things have been okay for me, except that I'm a zombie now. Really wish you'd let us in. I think I speak for all of us when I say I understand why you folks might hesitate to submit to our demand. But here's an FYI you're all gonna I mean, no one's gonna eat your eyes. All we want to do is eat your brains. We're at an impasse here. Maybe we should compromise. If you open up the door, we'll all come inside and eat your brains. I don't want to nitpick. But is this really your plan? Spend your whole life locked inside a mall Maybe that's okay for now But someday you'll be out of food and guns And you'll have to make the call I'm not surprised to see you haven't thought it through enough You never had the head bigger picture stuff but Tom that's what I do and I plan on eating you slowly all we want to do is eat your brains we're not unreasonable I mean no one's gonna eat your eyes all we want to do is eat your brains we're at an impasse here Compromise. Open up the door. We'll all come inside and eat your brains. I'd like to help you, Tom, in any way I can. I sure appreciate the way you're working with me. I'm not a monster, Tom. Well, technically I am. Got another meeting, Tom. Maybe we could wrap it up. 
we'll get to common ground somehow Meanwhile I'll report back to my colleagues who were chewing on the doors I guess we'll table this for now I'm glad to see you take constructive criticism well Thank you for your time, I know we're all busy as hell And we'll put this thing to bed when I bash your head open All we wanna do is eat your brains We're not unreasonable, I mean no one's gonna eat your eyes Maybe we should compromise If open up the doors We'll all come inside and eat your brains And we start spook teeth. Oh my god, you're right, spook. <laughs> wow.